everyone. I'm Virginia Duan, also known as Mandarin Mama. I'm the host of this podcast, in the Army Podcast, where we discuss the particular aspects of being a middle-aged BTS fan. I'm the entertainment editor for Motion Magazine and a freelance writer and the founder of Brazen Asian, which is an internet retreat for Asian Pacific Islander and does the American creatives and influencers. Today, I have a special guest. Special guest. Edward. Do, you, do, you, do we want to call you Edward? Or Ed- yeah, Edward. call me Edward, because my Korean name is like not pronounceable to most people. Um, oh, even okay. the Koreans get like tripped up over it. Okay, uh, so how do you say your Korean name? It's Do Ujung, but Do is like not a common Korean last name. It's not like Kim Park Lee Chung or Che. So like people are always <laughs> like, "Oh, is are you really a Do?" I'm like, "That's really my last name. I I promise you, it's a real Korean last name." And they're like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, <laughs> "Yes, I'm absolutely sure." Um, so just call me Ed. Um, <laughs> All right, because I I realize that we've I've never actually had to say your your name in person because we're, we've only been online friends. So like, I yes. only had to like, just text you and I never actually had to say your name while texting. So. Yes, we've been online friends for almost a year and a half, two years now. Right, right. So I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. <laughs> um, so is there stuff you wanted to, is there a place people can follow you? Do you want people to follow you? Oh, wait, you're, oh, you're, you're not on social media, right? Yeah, so my name's Ed, Edward. Um, I don't really use social media because I'm a communications professional and I have to be on social media constantly in my professional life. So I try to take a break from it in my personal life as much as possible. Um, that being said, if you want to see me like go on like political tirades or like profanity-laden rants, yes. you can always check out my writing on Diverging Magazine, of which Virginia is an editor. Or mm-hmm. you can check uh, me out on Progressive Asian American Christians, uh, Pac Fam, which is the queer subgroup of Progressive Asian American Christians. Or um, you can just generally look at my wall. Um, Edward Veer Walrod is what I go by because white privilege is real. Um, <laughs> and I will often post things that aren't uh, PC for most people. Um, but they're progressive, so I think they're okay in the end of the day. And also, it, there's just a unique pleasure in watching Ed, watching you, like just eviscerate people, and not not people, but like bad thinking and like <laughs> bad thoughts, like not, not bad, like just poorly thought out things, and like just just watching the vivisection happen is just so pleasing. Um, <laughs> Stella Juan okay. Phelps. Um, from Progressive Asian American Christians likes to compare me to E Dragon. Um, and when people tag me to like take people down on other political pages or on their personal statuses, if they post something stupid, they've often tagged my name, comma, Dracaris. Um, <gasps> yeah, and I've actually grown quite fond of that, even though it's like labor for me. And like sometimes an, an, I am annoyed about it if they haven't talked to me previous to it. Um, I do find it really funny that people have started associating me as a dragon who will just like sort of breathe fire in the general direction that you tell me to yes it is it's such a great power like i wish i could be that like coherent and like incisive no No, i really do no stay stay pure stay innocent stay great stay stay as someone who like people will listen to when you call them out versus me who just like edward's being mean i'm not going to listen to the points behind his like expletives the reason why I talk like this is because I was a college debater um, and being sort of a queer college debater with a nasally voice like mine and people just sort of ignore you during the debate um, really annoys you. So I just sort of built this reputation even in college debate as someone who would like yell at the other person. Oh my God. Um, 
but like make a very like sort of structured argument being like this is your analysis and here's why it's BS. This is your warrant, and this is why you're a fucker, and here's why you're going to lose this entire fucking case, you piece of shit. Um, and, like, it got attention. But I had to go through college debate to sort of build that persona, and that's something <laughs> I would never recommend someone else doing. <laughs> so, like, 40 minutes later, we'll get to the topic of our podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just, just don't do it. Col- college debate is where is essentially every rich or middle-class white philosophy major goes to just hear themselves speak on issues like poverty or racism or sexism. And then afterward, they get high in someone's basement while getting crossfaded with alcohol um, and then continue to debate those subjects after the round is done. It sounds delightful. Yeah, it's absolutely miserable. Don't do it. (laughs) All right, well, let's let's move on. To, to a very delightful subject, Ed here is a huge fan of BTS, and your bias is what? Jin and RM, I think? Yeah, Jin and RM all the way. Yeah, yeah, in, in more ways than one. And um, so so I feel like we talk, I, on my podcast, I've talked a lot about Sugar because he's, he's my bias, but what people might not know is that Jin's my record, like my ultimate record. And I just, I just, yeah, oh, phew. He's just—I didn't understand him at first, um, and I, so I didn't like him as much. Or I, I just thought he was like nice, but I thought he was just really arrogant. Um, but then once I understood him, I was like, he is my favorite. Favorite. So I tell think, us why you love Jin. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think you actually like hit the nail on the head for me too. Jin Jin for me was a grower, not a shower. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. In more ways than one. Um, and, but we all know he's a shower. <laughs> Now he is, right? But originally he was a shower. So I think a lot of it is when I first got into sort of like K-pop and watching videos and whatnot, Jin had the weakest sort of dance moves, so he didn't really stand out in the crowd. BTS also started out more as like heavy rap hip-hop rather than sort of like the pop and soul directions that they've sort of morphed into along with their hip-hop and rap. And Jin's vocals are really made for sort of like power ballads or solos or like really big, powerful notes. But when they were doing things like Mic Drop, right, he just sort of faded back, and that's one of my favorite songs, he just sort of faded into the crowd, and his dancing is not particularly sharp um, compared to the others in the group, like Jungkook or even RM. So um, he just wasn't someone that popped up my, on my radar a lot. Uh, a lot of the times when you saw interviews of earlier BTS, sort of on Korean variety shows too, he wouldn't speak a lot, and then when he would speak, it would come off sort of a little arrogant or a little sort of grating, um, but as you got to know more of the backstory of Jin, why he's the way he is, but like also realize that Jin is like a big part of BTS as like a soulful movement, right? When other people, when even when sort of like Jungkook or V talks about members of the group that they like really love and why they love it, they always mention Jin sort of as like a glue of the family of holding them together in some way. Jin has also gone through a lot of personal crises that he's been very open to talk about um, mm-hmm. in sort of interviews, which I think is like a very big milestone. He's talked about body image issues. Um, he's talked about sort of androgyny. He's talked about a lot of political issues as 
BTS normally does. Wait, 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 um, wait. Tell me about these interviews. I don't think I've actually read these interviews. Right. So if you go on like a lot of interviews of just Jin, right, in like mm-hmm. sort of Korean media, he's talked a lot about these interviews or like he's talked about sort of like the pressures of K-pop industry, like body image issues, sort of like those things and how they sort of affect him as well, right? I think it's also really interesting because Jin, for me, for those of you who may not know, has a few solo um sort of songs out that he's recorded or that he's written. And a lot of them have to do with like themes of like sort of love. And as much as like love can be really problematic in songs, what I really appreciate about these songs about Jin is like him letting go of sort of like those past loves, flames, friendships, when he realizes that they're sort of in a different um, moment or space. Um, And so I find a really sort of comfort in that because as someone who has social anxiety, as someone who has anxiety about letting go old people who uh, were really good friends of mine, but for whatever reason, I found really problematic or grating, or for some reason, our lives weren't lined up to be friends anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I sort of looked to a lot of these songs that said, it's okay to let go. It's okay to feel pain and emotional about these sort of like fading relationships, but ultimately it's for the better. And we just weren't right for each other. And I think it's, I think it's just a really good sort of it's a healthier mindset to approach about love in song form than what we see in a lot of Western genres. That's sort of like, we're really bad for each other. We're super problematic. Let's make this work. And <laughs> So what songs, are you talking about his covers or are you talking about, because I'm only aware of him writing tonight, but I know he's covered a lot of songs. And I really yeah, like so that. a lot of the covers that he chooses to sing are very sort of intentional. Uh, some of the interviews he does about the covers he um, decides to sing or put out um, he's like really intentional about choosing these covers, right? It's not like him being like, I just like how this one sounded or my vocals played really well on this. Certainly that there's that element, but he also talks about the message behind why he chose these songs, why he found these songs to be sort of um, the ones that he was going to go for. I am so bitter right now that I cannot recreate because I have never, ever heard of these interviews. No, I feel like I've found a lot of interviews, like, like even Japanese ones and like finding like translations of those and like, like I feel like I've, but I, I do admit that I've read the most about RM and Sugar because they are the most right prolific, I guess. I think it's prolificness. RM also is the most fluent in English. So there's yeah. sort of like a media bias there. I also think the issue is a lot of media like to report on sort of BTS's larger political issues or sort mm. of um, things that catch people's eyes. But you're not going to hear a lot about sort of like personal issues, especially not from like Korean media, right? Which has traditionally, mm-hmm. although it's slowly starting to change, been hesitant to report about things like body image issues within the K-pop industry for oh. fear of reprisals from uh, companies who often encourage these body issues for various reasons. Right, right. Wow. Oh, the things I have learned today. <laughs> I love Jin. I love Jin. Um, so I guess, like, what what has he said about, like, body issues, like, just for people who haven't? Yeah, so it's interesting. I think, I forgot who else, but someone else in BTS has also been very open about body image issues. Um, Maybe Jimin? It, I believe it was Jimin. And then, like, Jimin was just, like, at my height, at my height of, like, uh, of anorexia or as he was struggling with his anorexia he said he was eating like two chicken breasts a day in a salad right and like he was fainting and then like other members of bts was like hey like we're really worried about you um and jin sort of talks about sort of him not being at that point or level right but mm-hmm. him struggling with sort of 
feeling um, self-conscious about what other people say about him. Um, if you sort of like look at Jin and how he's like transformed too, there's a lot of different sort of aesthetics you can go for, right? Like androgynous, androgyny aesthetics, that's very common in K-pop versus like more like traditional masculine aesthetics that like sometimes come out in BTS and sort of like the backlash he's gotten for both have been very interesting, but also- he's got a backlash? Right, right. So there's a lot of backlash, right? Because like a lot of people, even in Korea, right? A lot of people are sort of like androgyny is very, it's looked down upon by more conservative facets of society, right? And then in more liberal facets of society or progressive facets of society, sort of androgyny is well received. But then if they revert to sort of a more masculine aesthetic, then they're criticized for sort of rolling back uh, the progress that they've sort of made in that industry, right? So so it's sort of a double-edged sword. Yeah. Oh, but I'm a as a huge fan of both androgyny and traditionally masculine looks, I'm like, what's the problem? <laughs> As someone who's attracted to both, I'm just calling like, give me both. Right? Every day, like, every day. Yes. I mean, the answer is yes. The yeah, answer the is always yes. Right? <laughs> the answer is just please give, give me all of it, right? Oh. Um, but he also talks about sort of like really toxic K-pop industry soon. So I think this, this is cross BTS, right? Mm-hmm. But I think sort of knowing Jin, his story, um, it particularly resonates in like the songs that he chooses to do. Also, I think Jin is just like also like smoking hot and I would do very, yes. very evil things if I had the chance. Yes. With consent. Um, consent is sexy. We love consent. Yes. But also consent we is do. sexy, especially when they give consent for very evil things. Yes. The dirtier, the better. Exactly. And Jin, Jin is the one, if someone was just like, you can only choose one, I'd be like, Jin, absolutely. Like, take him away for me. Hmm. I'd be like, uh, I don't have to be sure. <laughs> Damn it. He's just, his hands. I can't, I can't get over his hands. Just, this is a, not a 21 plus. <laughs> oh, we'll just leave it at that. Um, we're all grown. We can infer what I mean. Um, I guess, like, what, what I really liked about him is because, well, so he was actually one of the first faces I recognized. I recognized RM. From, mm-hmm. When did you when did you get into BTS? Oh, like the first the first album, such like when they started first producing things. Um, oh. I think I was sort of more more casual follower. But I so I've really recently gone to sort of like fusion music, right? Where like you take like traditional elements of like um, Asian music or like Korean music in particular, because that's what I'm familiar with, and then you fuse it with like modern pop elements as well. Um, oh, and no so wonder like, you're all over Daytona. <laughs> right, right. That's why I really like sort of like someone, someone took like all the audio from BTS's like Melon Awards, like Idol music, mm-hmm. which was like the Kugak version that came out in the trailer, but it wasn't their official music video. Yeah. And they took out all the audience screams and they just had that. I was like, this is amazing, right? Yeah. So um, what I, when I started really appreciating them though, is that there was a K-pop convention in France um, and I don't really, I don't attend K-pop conventions for various reasons, but I saw this video and it was them performing in France. And what was really interesting is they did a pop version of Arirang, which is like, sort of like I think that yes, right, 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 like like Korea's like unofficial like national anthem, like in, a, in like we have one, but like no one really knows all the lyrics versus like <laughs> someone sing Arirang and they can sing it uh, front to back. Um, and they did a really interesting sort of fusion version of like. Arirang with their like K-pop style, came up with a, a dance for it. Um, and I just like really started appreciating them after this. I was like, this is actually really fantastic and excellent. I want mm-hmm. to see like where they go and where they take it. And then like the moment that they like 
dropped mic drop or mic drop, wow. depending on how you want to say it. Like I was just like, I'm sold. Like I will, I want them. I want them all the time. Yes. Yes. I didn't, I am so sad. I did not discover them until January, 2018. And it's was, totally okay. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I feel bitter that I was cheated out of like, because I could have gone to all those concerts in the U.S., you know what I'm saying, for a lot cheaper right. and a lot closer. I'm, like, very, very bitter. I, well, I don't know, because I was actually hugely pregnant for a lot of them. But, but the, well, I'm always pregnant, or I was. <laughs> I was pretty much. Always. I mean, some, some people, right, when they're pregnant, listen to classical music because they believe that the baby will develop into a smarter child. I, mean, I personally I believe take it to a BTS concert and scream your head off and the baby's going to be a genius. No, I've taken, I think I've been to a concert with every pregnancy. So I, I, oh, okay. So like with my first kid, I was at, well, this is when Britney Spears kind of went off the rails. So I went to her like first concert after that it was so disappointing. And then I waddled. I think I was like two weeks away from like delivery uh, at the Jay-Z JT concert with my third kid and like, the, their stadium tour that the, mm-hmm. and then I don't know I just I've just been to a lot of concerts usually pregnant and I feel like that's been good <laughs> but I'm just bitter that I didn't find them earlier even though I know that I probably would not have resonated with their message if I had found them during their school trilogy versus when I found them which was during love yourself well it's in- it's interesting that you mentioned that right because sort of like <laughs> One of my biggest gripes with K-pop is sort of like there's a lot of like AVE appropriation, a lot of like African-American cultural appropriation. There's a lot of offensiveness that goes on in here and there's a lot of problematic elements, body image, like sexism, racism, right? Like we, we can go through it all. They have it all, ableism, right? It's all there. What really solidifies sort of why I appreciate BTS, um, even though they still have problematic elements of like sort of black cultural appropriation, right? It's sort of like they were blacklisted by the Korean government during Park Geun-hye's presidency. Um, oh, were they? Because, yeah, because they were so pro sort of social liberality, right? They're pro gay oh. rights, they're very pro abortion, and they've never been silent about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Park Geun-hye was like not a great president and like very sort of restrictive of those rights and social freedoms. Um, but then like when the ferry disaster happened and Park Geun-hye like screwed that up, which eventually led to her impeachment with the whole cult scandal. They were the first major band that was still under contract from a major label that came out and publicly called on further investigations and corruption allegations and sort of like- They actually said something? The- I thought it was all, I thought it was all implied through Spring Day and I didn't realize they actually said anything. No, they like, they, they like, they like went out and said it, right? And like, I think like what was interesting is, um, there was a lot of sort of heavy implication before they came out and said it, right? They would like post like messages, like a lot of their songs were like sort of referencing like corruption. Oh. But um, what was interesting about it was as soon as the government was just like, we're gonna blacklist you for all this sort of like subtle protesting, right? Then they were just like full on like waving the flag of like um, political like corruption, political involvement. Um, so it's been like really interested to see how what was a politically non-conscious society sort of like has evolved into this politically conscious society. But mm-hmm. like you have BTS to thank, I think for a lot of the political consciousness among like younger people who listen to them. Um, but also like starting this trend of like socially responsible celebrities who have social issues as like their main sort of mm-hmm. um, bread and butter or philanthropic movement. So um, I'm kind of glad you joined after BTS like sort of like came out with all of that because I think that's like when I was just like no BTS is like 
progressive in the Korean context. And this is yeah. the piece I want people to know about. Yeah, no, I mean, well, I mean, even at the very beginning, right, their, their, their debut song is actually pretty transgressive in terms mm-hmm. of, like, No More Dream and then N.O. and then, like, they, I mean, it's not like it's a new thing for them, I guess. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, I think it wasn't, I, I, yeah, I just, but I'm still bitter. I'm still bitter that I did not. Although, it's like, I don't know if I would, I, I pretty much ignored Jungkook for, like, until Fake Love, right? Because he was a baby. Um, right. And uh, an actual baby. Someone I could have actually given birth to. <laughs> um, you know what upsets me? What upsets me is that the the the, the Magne line. I started college before any of them were born. I was a I was in first. I was in the first quarter at UCLA when Jimin, V were, were born, and then and then like two years later, Jungkook was born. I was like. And like it really upsets me. It upsets me on well, like a soul level. <laughs> well, they, I am old enough where they could marry me. So if I do get married to one of them, you could adopt me legally. So you would legally be related to them in some way. I am fine with this. I don't want to be related to them. <laughs> I want to know them in a beautiful way. <laughs> And by that, I mean on a soul level. <laughs> Map out their soul. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I would. I actually told my husband the other day. What did I tell him? I, I said something like, don't, don't dis, don't dis Sugar's music just because I love him more than I love you. Okay. I have been with my husband for 19 years. And I was just like, don't fuck with my man. <laughs> He's like, we have children together. I, was like, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, there. I think every relationship needs to have an honest conversation at some point, which is there are, you get five people. If no, these seven. People, I get seven. You get five. five. Seven in this case. But in theory, you get five to ten people that if they were to somehow fall in love with you and propose to you, you're allowed to leave your spouse, no matter how much, how in love you are, just instant, and there's no hard feelings, right? Like, no, my husband has already agreed, and I was like... Oh, great, great. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, you do know I'm not joking, right? Like, because there's a Reddit article that came out where, like, Reddit, where, like, this guy's girlfriend, like, cheated on him with her, like, cheat guy, but he was, like, the YouTube singer or whatever, right. and he's like... And and I was like, no, I, and I told him about it because it was hilarious and sad. And then I was like, I just want you to know that when I say, if any member of BTS said, let's go, I'd be like, okay. Like, I'm not, this is not a hypothetical situation. This is me legit telling you that I will sleep with them. <laughs> if, if they want me, I will and- be there. And the reason why you know that your husband's a keeper is because he agreed to this. That's because he knows that it will never happen. <laughs> That's like saying, sure, Virginia, when we get to Mars, you can also have real estate on Mars. <laughs> like, okay. Like, like, no, but, but he also knows that he can't do better than you, right? Like, I want to, I may want to make this to clear to anyone in sort of like a partner relationship in any way, any way, shape, or form. The reason why 
people have trouble breaking up with their partners or their boyfriends in my situation is because it's a sunk cost fallacy, right? Like you have put so much labor into turning a heaping pile of shit into like, rough diamonds. They're not polished yet, but they're still rough diamonds with some sort of future, even more future value, but they have more value than the, when you first found them. So if you break up with them, someone else gets your labor for free. They don't have to do any labor. You just gave them diamonds on a, plat on a fucking gold platter right like that is why people don't break up with each other right so even in this case with your husband virginia i feel like your husband's like i have gold why would i be angry if someone else wants to like let's say have that gold for a little bit right like like i'm just saying like your husband okay, realizes is, not get is, gold again that's kind of you but actually it is mostly because we're together still out of inertia really like he's too lazy to learn someone else's rule and like get yelled at in new ways, right? Like he's been trained for like 19 years and like being yelled at in a certain way, right? Like but that's, he that's doesn't want to learn. That's fallacy right there. You right? trained right, right. So, No, so he doesn't want to learn new rules, right? Like he doesn't want to make the effort and I don't want to train anyone else. And we like each other reasonably well. I mean, and I, and I told him this, I was like, honey, I, I, I would actually never say honey. I don't say honey, I'm sorry. I don't know why that came up. Um, I said, you know, husband, actually, people know his name, James. James, <laughs> like, you do know, like, we're just married because, like, your purpose is available dick. But you do know this, right? And then he's like, okay. I was like, I mean, look, it's not that either of us would be opposed to the other person just going out looking for somebody. I mean, I, I would be opposed if you didn't tell me, but like, you know, like, right. Like, like if it was agreed upon, if like, let's say neither of us wanted to have sex with the other person forever, then like, I, it'd be rude of me to like force him to like never have sex with an, another person again. Right. Like that's, <laughs> um, but like who wants to go through this trouble of like, Making sure this person's like creep, like creep, you know, like disease free. They're not gonna murder you after you fuck them. Like, right. like all these, all these like unknown. Like, what if they're bad? Or like, what if you're not that great? Like, like all these, all these things. But like, available deep. <laughs> but, but the great part about BTS is that they're certified fresh, right? Like, they are like USDA <laughs> prime. Like, you have nothing to fear. You don't need to verify. Someone else has done that. Maybe <laughs> have already done that. I really hope so. I really <laughs> hope they're just getting the best fucks of their life. Um, this is derailed because we were talking about Jin, but I suppose he also has DSL, so this is actually certain. Yes. Because he's a snack. But anyway, like, yeah, so I just, I didn't, um, the beauty of a podcast is it could just meander and we could just come back to this. <laughs> to, to, but like what I, I didn't understand about Jin was that, cause I just thought he was like arrogant. So like I recognize RM's face the most. I mean, it was easier to under, to like relate to him cause he spoke English, right? Like right. And his lyrics are in English. And then, but then Jin's face is undeniable. And so, because most of the videos, I came in like right after DNA, like so in the her era. I'm like, like these man face hadn't come in yet. Right? Like, and, and Jungkook is still a baby. And then um, Jimin is, well, I mean, 
he's excellent. <laughs> nothing really to say about that. You know, so Jim's face was like very attractive. And I actually, because I saw them so much later, I didn't see anything wrong with his dancing. You know, I didn't. Right. And like, they were still like, they're still um, Puma. Right. And like the fake love video where Jin is in just like that, that. Oh, oh my God. I think I think it's interesting too, right? When we talk about Jin and like sort of the supposed arrogance that Jin has, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot lost in translation. Um, I think you also oh, need yeah. to find cultural context too, right? Like every K-pop star, as much as I love a lot of K-pop, right, has a very sort of they need to, especially if if they're under a big contract, right? They all have to have a cookie cutter personality in some way, but every part of their personality is like some level of like humbleness, right? Where they like can't mm. brag, whether they can't own themselves. They literally don't own themselves in some cases, right? Yeah. Um, but they can't really own themselves. They can't really talk about like what they like about themselves, right? They have to stay humble because there's a lot of, they, you know, a, a lot of Korean culture and Asian culture in general revolves around like workplace humbleness, right? And like, you can't really criticize, mm. but you also can't really take like credit. Like it's a, it's a very like weird sort of like toxic, like circular argument, right? Whereas like, mm-hmm. Jin sort of owns that, like, in a lot of ways that, like, he's good at what he does, right? That he mm-hmm. loves what he does, and that's why he's so good at it, too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of, like, the Korean public, like, took that as, like, arrogance initially, right? They were, like, right. so arrogant. He doesn't fit this cookie-cutter personality that we have for him. And that's oh. precisely why I like his personality so much, right? Oh. Um, but then when you hear him talk and you, like, know his backstory, like, that arrogance is just, like, him sort of, like, owning who he is right. um, in a way that's, like, really sort of fresh and new and sort of against countercultural in Korean in a lot of ways. So. Oh. Well, I didn't realize until later that the reason why he always said those things was to, like, make his other members feel comfortable. hmm Right? Like, it's just, like, it's so ridiculous. It's so over the top that, like, it, it's like a cringe laugh, like, oh, my God. But then everyone's like, okay, he falls on that grenade, right? Like, he falls on the grenade for everybody else. He can draw the, like, derision or whatever, um, and then the other people could be themselves, you know, like, and I feel like when I realized that's what he did, or like the fact that he, his ears would like, the fact that his whole body flushes, and I would really like to like verify scientifically just how much of his body flushes, he's embarrassed. Um, I said that out loud. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. Um, you know, like, just like, just the fact that he's so, like, he's actually embarrassed, but he's not, you know what I mean? And right. like. And it's just, and he's so kind. I, I feel like Weavers has been really, really good for Jin. <laughs> Weavers has been really good for Jin and V because they're just, they're so like, Jin is, and everyone always like says he's savage. And then all the translators are like, no, he's not savage. Like he's teasing people. Like, right. very, like the words he uses are very soft and kind, but he's still like teasing people. And I feel like it's, he's just really kind. I feel like actually that's, the over I feel like of all characteristics of BTS um, members in general is that they're kind like they're very kind like sugar even though he's savage is kind you know right. like they're all kind and like, I feel like Jin especially is kind yes like, absolutely even, like yeah. even when he's arrogant it's like it's out of kindness to his members like when he asks them like who would you rather be the like the the oldest you want me or you want sugar and everyone's like no you 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 would be the best like right. if sugar was the oldest we'd be like fuck like and different differently but like you know like it'd just be a different dynamic right, right. um no, he just but, um, owns it right and like he yeah. owns it in a way that's sort of like both sort of like self-sacrificing and like a 
really kind kind way. I know there's there's a lot about Jin that I think like people get hang up hung up on. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I wish you could sort of take a look at the context and why Jin is like this. Mm-hmm. Because it makes you actually love Jin just so much more. Yes. And like if you think about the fact that he's the baby of the family, of his family, right? His mm-hmm. immediate family. But then now he's in charge of, like not in charge, but like he he's not the leader of the group, but he's the oldest of the group. So he should technically get a lot more respect than they give him, right? right. I, I think, from what I understand. Uh, which could be totally wrong. It's, uh, it, he, built, he built a camaraderie, right? But, like, that's also countercultural, right? He, yeah. He's, like, the oldest in the group, and, like, they don't call him, like, Kung, right? Like, they don't, like, use honorifics with him um, all the time. Um, it just kind of shows it, it's countercultural, right? Like, Jin is countercultural in so many ways as a result. It's, like, really refreshing. Mm-hmm. Because even within, like, you know, like, one of the groups that came out of my favorite problematic reality TV show, Produce 101, in this case, <laughs> um, I'm one, right? Like, all the girls refer to each other as um, like using honorifics, right? Like it's like very formal, it's very rigid. You don't have that with BTS. It's because sort of like mm. Jin is comfortable enough where he's broken down those barriers of hierarchy yeah. and like um, sort of social strata. It's like really refreshing to see. Mm-hmm. And then just like he cooks for them. He like takes mm-hmm. it. Actually, Sugar is also like this, but um, but like, you know, like wakes up early for them, you know, like takes some fishing. Like he's just, it's like, I wish, I wish I knew him. Like, I feel like that's the key with BTS. Like, I feel like I, I've said that about so many things about BTS. I feel like that's the key. You're like, really, which one? There's so many things that you've said about the key. But like, you just want to be their friend. Like, he just sounds like a really cool person. Like, someone who makes you feel comfortable, who, like, cares about you. And, right. And kind. And I think I used to feel like he wasn't, I find him and J-Hope the most mysterious. Right? Because I feel like they have very clear boundaries with ARMY. And with the public, J Hope especially. Oh my God, J Hope is like boundary king. I love him. Uh, <laughs> J Hope is a murder mystery novel. There's something there <laughs> that you need to like oh dig God. through. But uh, like, no, I I totally agree. Right, like Jin is the type of person that you're like he. You know what it is? It's like after hearing all these stories about Jin, you're just kind of like, if I was going through a rough time, Jin would be the one to be like, hey, let's go out for lunch and like coffee and like have a fun day at like an amusement park or something. Yeah. You know that's yeah. Jane's personality because he's done that before. <laughs> right, right, right. And like, I just, I think I used to find him, I think I was like Jimin and like RM, like I didn't understand him. Like, you know, they were like, we don't get it. Like, why do you only focus on the good things? Because that would piss me off. Actually, my husband's like, this. <laughs> like, I feel like the, so you know how like the army lore is that like your bias is you and then your record is your soulmate. And I feel like that's actually pretty accurate. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm very, very similar to Suga. And then, like, Jin would be... But Jin is actually very similar to my husband. Because my husband, like, very rarely focuses on, like, the bad things. He's just like, well, let's just move on. Let's go, like... And I'm like, no, we have to wallow! (laughs) We have to, like, figure it out. He's like, but why? (laughs) We're miserable. You're, like, on the floor. Like, you can't get out of bed. Like, why can't we... Like, why why do we have to focus on this? Let's just just move on. Let's just, just, just be happy. And I'm like, no. <laughs> He's like, you don't, you don't seem like this is working. <laughs> you, you can't get out of bed. This is not, this is not a good thing for you. <laughs> like, oh, maybe, I'm the same way, right? Like maybe, if something like, bad happens, I'm just kind of like, it's over. Everything's done. I'm going to be angry <laughs> or upset about this. Like even if it's a small thing for like longer right. than I should be. Longer that's really healthy. Um, but that's a conversation for my therapist and not your audience. But... <laughs> 
but Jin's music, right? Like, it, it, I don't know. Like, there's something about the songs he chooses and the song that he has written and he put out, right? That's always sort of like, it is okay to feel like this. Mm-hmm. You will move on, and like that is that is why I like Jin so much, right? Like, yeah. that, and the fact that he's like a moving six pack with eyes, and like I just like yeah. and his like, shoulders and, and his shoulders, ooh, and his face and his oh. like line and just everything about him. He's just I miss his mullet. Fantastic yes. Not, not the fake one that they put in for the like pictures, but like I, I really one. like his I really I think what's like really interesting about Jin is um he is the BTS member that I have seen the most with like his natural hair color, right? His like yeah. very darkly black Korean hair. Yeah. Um and like contrasted with like his like sort of like skin, right? Right, which is like very, very white, which is like like also problematic for like various reasons, but like right, like that sort of contrast between like the juxtaposition between like his hair tone and the skin just makes her such a contrast. Like you can mm. that there's something just like really handsome about Jin's natural hair color that just really really like and how he wears it is just like. Well, there's a reason oh. why why black tan is the preferred all all black tan. <laughs> like is why everyone's like. Every, that's why everyone's so excited right now, right? Like everyone's in their just like regular hair color, even if it's dyed back. Right. right. Like, we don't care. We don't. We don't fucking care. It's just like, oh, and that's why fake love was so great. No, I love it. I love it. I love it so much, right? Because it's like oftentimes K-pop artists will like every every time you see them, they'll have a different hair color, and like you often wonder how is their hair still on their head? Like their right. hair must like want to fall out or scream, but like. Jin has also sort of been like, it's okay if you have different hair color. It's like all K-pop artists like do this. Okay. But the message he also sends about like, I'm also fine with my natural hair color or like a natural hair movement of a movement back in Korea is like also something I really appreciate about it yeah. too. Yeah. And you know what? Um, he's like actually very brave. I feel like he's a very, very brave member. Like he's the one who talked about them. Uh, what the 2018, I forget which awards where he like says, Hey, we almost broke up. Yeah. Like, you know, and then, like, he's sobbing and, like, and Jin never cries, right? Like, he very rarely cries. And, like, he's just so brave, right? Like, he talks about that. He talks about, or last year when he was like, hey, you know what? Well, there's lots of good artists. You don't need to cheat. Right. You don't need to cheat to chart. Like, there's room for all of us. There's right. so many people making good music. You don't have to cheat to do well, you know? Right. And like, I think it's. Yeah, no, that's, like, I think you hit on a note, too, right? Where, like, Jin is, like, private. Not as private as, like, J-Hope, right? But, like, still right, private right. enough where there's a lot of mystery. But, like, the times that he spoke about, like, when they almost broke up and the reasons why they almost broke up are, like, really, really powerful. I think it's also really interesting, right? Because, like, now you have their new album with things like Black Swan, right? And, like, it's all, it's just, like, all reckons back to, like, Jin's speech of, like, we almost broke up. There are other artists. Like, we almost lost, like, our, like, in touch like we almost lost the reason why we're doing this in the first place and like Jin is the most vocal about it um Mm -hmm. I think just as you mentioned Jin is kind and like is always positive he's also the person who breaks the bad news to people for BTS a lot and he gets a lot of hate for that right and like he does it with a brave face yeah and I and I don't think I understood him really until even like maybe after a year or so in you know like Honestly, talking about Jin vocally or vocalizing it almost makes me like he's like that tortured soul in those like teenage romance novels where like the main character is just like, oh, I hate him so much. And then like they slowly like start learning more about their background and they're like, wait, I love him. He's so sexy. And like I feel the same way about Jin and how I'm talking about him now. 
Because he's so... Well, first of all, he looks like he belongs on the lead of every case drama ever, right? Like, he's so, <laughs> that face, right? Like, and then his... his okay, purely... Let, let's just get the first set. Like, purely on an aesthetic level, he is just... Like, the fact that he says he's worldwide handsome, the fact that he gave himself that nickname, the fact that he calls himself third guy from the left, and then, like, car door guy, like, the fact that he acknowledges it, I feel like it's actually very brave. Because one, if he says he's not handsome, it's an obvious lie, right? Yeah. Like, look, fucker, we've got eyes. Like, you, you are objectively a really fucking hot dude, right? Like, your face is good. Your, like, proportions are good. You have, like, shoulders a mile wide. And, like, uh, just want to bite them. You know he's got abs. You know he's got, like, like, everybody. Like, all the idols, every member of BTS says, like, he has the best body. Right. You know, like, and you're like, well, I would like scientific proof, please. <laughs> you know, like, the fact that he even says it, like, is, just seems, it feels arrogant because so few people say it, right? Like, you always, like, even in Western society, where, like, people are like, oh, I was such a nerd in high school. Oh, no one liked to be in high school. And you're like, fuck you. I've seen your high school pictures. No one looks like that in high school. I hate you, right? Like, come on. You know, but he's just like, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm an awesome dude. I'm rich. I'm wealthy, and I'm really good looking. And you're like, you are. You are all these things. <laughs> he's like, I can cook. I can, you know, like, you know. And I feel thing like missing Jin is me. <laughs> like, surely, 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 you're okay. Like my husband has said, it's he's fine with any of the BTS members fathering a fifth child. He even said he would raise this child. He'll, he'll raise a child. He will, he will call that child his. You know, as long as whoever impregnates me also pays for my other children. He's like, we're cool. We're cool. <laughs> well, so it, it's interesting, right? Because Jin is also the owner of a Japanese restaurant in Seoul. He is. He is. So he, you know, even he's, he's financially savvy and that makes him more yeah. attractive, right? Cause he knows that this BTS thing won't last forever. So he is like putting, putting on, he's taking eggs out of a singular basket and just like sort of redistributing like restaurant business. He's like had like other financial ventures. Mm -hmm. He doesn't live in the most like glitzy neighborhood in Seoul either, um, which is like really smart. I thought Han and the Hill was like super fancy. Yeah, yeah, but it's, like, not, so, like, on the comparative it is, right? But, like, because Yongsan, okay, so my aunt actually also lives in Yongsan, um, oh, okay. which is where Hanamdong is, but she lives in Ichondong, which, which is, like, a different um, part of uh, Yongsangu, also, like, very, like, rich. But, like, the difference is, like, as rich as it is, it's not Gangnam. It's not oh. right? It's not like Seto or like it's it's not even like Hongdae, right? Like it's not like what you think of like when you think of like rich celebrity. But it's I thought a lot of celebrities actually live there. Or is that they're not there. as high? Well, they're not as high either, right? Like it's oh. like not right. It's not it's also not where like where we it's not where like Gangnam Gongju or like Gangnam princesses live, right? Like it's not what you associate with like Chebor people or like oh. elite celebrities like Jin, right? Like I, okay. I honestly associate with like so proper people, um, more than I associate, or like older like celebrities as well, um, like oh. and whatnot, more than I uh, associate with like K-pop stars. So, oh, the thing today I learned. Today <laughs> I learned. Um, 
You are correct. It is still like a nice area of soul, right? But like, yeah. it's like it's like not it's not what you stereotypically think of like a list celebrity soul. Well, the fact that they still live together. Well, I mean, who knows if that's actually true? But it that's the narrative. I want that to be true so badly. I though. know, but I mean, like, come on, if you're. If you're trying to get some, like you really, it's really difficult. <laughs> I think, I think the the concept of different members of BTS sexiling each other is like a really funny concept to me, or or the or when they have what sexiling? What is sexiling? Oh, like it's a it's a term I learned in college, right? It's just like your roommate is hooking up with someone, they will oh. knock on the door, and you are sexiled for how. <laughs> Is that's only J-Hope and Jimin, right? Because they, they're the only ones who share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, J-Hope and Jimin definitely do. Sh- they, I, I imagine that they have, like, bunk beds, like, singular twin bunk beds in their room. But um, also, like, I also imagine, like, their shared house is massive. So, like, they share a house, but you actually need, like, an intercom between rooms or else, like, <laughs> you're the person. <laughs> well, actually, I, th- I think... I don't know. Like, you know, you see all these, like, people, like, trying to piece together the, like, the blueprint of their, like, apartment. Yes, yes. Or, like, they tried to pinpoint based on, like, pictures where they live. And there was, like, I forgot where it was. There was, like, some crazy website that, like, we're, like, here's a list of the 20 exact addresses in Seoul where we think BTS lives. Oh, my God. And they had, and they attached photographic and, like, news evidence to each, uh, each, particular address i was just like this is crazy <laughs> this is absolutely insane and yet i am watching this i am consuming this <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I am part of this problem don't get me wrong but i myself <laughs> recognize that this is an issue <laughs> <laughs> and, and as gi joe taught us really <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like well he also owns a lot of real estate and just gave his parents this like super multi-million dollar apartment right like yeah. where we all where everyone jokes that he has his like secret wife and family. <laughs> no, right, right. It's it's. I don't know. I think like BTS, particularly Jin too, because like because he's like so beautiful, right? It's really interesting because like the idea of a, especially of a K-pop celebrity, but like any celebrity in Korea is like you need to do everything. You need to sing. You need to promote items. You need to be. If you're a K-pop star, you're also an actor, right? But BTS like has bucked that trend, right? Like they're not actors. They're they're not actively like in roles they're not like main character casts um it's really interesting to see like how they haven't done that mm. and you know given sort of how open they've been about their struggles as artists over the years like it seems like a very conscious effort and choice where they're like we don't want to be something that we're not and we don't want to sacrifice sort of our artistry and singing for sort mm. of acting well i know that they prioritize the group over everything Right, um, because they know that the time as a group is probably limited. Right. Versus, like, you have all the time in the world to like pursue other things. You know. I like, mean, by K-pop standards, they're already pretty. Jin is already pretty old. It's not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> by by Virginia standards, not old enough. By K-pop standards, getting old. By my I mean, standards, perfect age. He's fifteen years younger than me. Okay. He and Sugar are 15 years younger than me. That means I was... I don't know. Coming from the queer community and also, frankly, watching 90 Day Fiance a little too much, like, 
nothing, Virginia. Go get him. I mean, I'm not opposed to this. I, <laughs> I clearly write fan fiction about this. <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like I'm like, <gasps> I'm so scared of life. I'm just like, huh, too bad we're being filmed because I would like to be filmed. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, yeah. I mean, we're just gin enthusiasts. Are you are you part of the gin cult? Did you change your profile? Oh wait, you don't have social media, so I guess. No, but I do. I, I do strongly align with gin enthusiasts slash gin cult. Um, yeah. I, I'm sort of like, what's the app comparison? Oh, do you know what an app comparison is? It's sort of like that, like that one Asian member of the Westboro Baptist Church who's not allowed. <laughs> who's not an official member of the Westboro Baptist Church, but, like, subscribes to all their beliefs, attends every, like, attends every rally, such, like, is part of, like, the Sunday worship, but is not an official member, right, for various reasons. I'm the same way as a gin enthusiast, such a gin cult member. Try to choose a, a more problematic group to identify. <laughs> I... I, uh, I fully realize that's the most... That's one of the most problematic examples possible but given how my brain is wired that is like <laughs> that was the first one that I thought of I mean I'm not opposed clearly <laughs> <laughs> and then I feel like like he's he actually has to be very smart like I'm not I'm, look when I say Jim like sometimes people take offense like if I say somebody like this I see this happen a lot on like social media you're it's probably good that you don't have like stand Twitter but like you know, just because you say some one person is smart doesn't mean you think like the other things are stupid, right? Like it just means like they they can all be smart. We're just talking about Jin right now, <laughs> like but like to make all those puns and like well in Chinese, I don't know if this is the case in Korea, but the puns are the highest form of Chinese humor because that means you have to be highly highly literate because Chinese um, there's four tones, oh technically five I guess. Um, five tones, four or five tones of words. So like uh, you can make jokes based on like similar tone. Right. You can make jokes based on like the the written word or like what, what they share in common, like radicals or like components. Like, so puns are like the highest, you have to be highly, highly educated to make puns because you need to know a lot of words and, and like have a wide vocabulary. Right. Um, so to me, I'm so I naturally carry that over into like, I have no idea if it's true, but like, because he makes so many puns and like dad jokes, like he has to be intelligent. Right. I think, I think there are two, two parts to this, right? I think that's really interesting because all my, all, I was talking to one of my like Chinese friends, like not Chinese American friends, but Chinese friends. And he was just like, oh, like blah, blah, in, intonation or like this, like sort of like the third stress on this, like this word. Don't mm -hmm. you have those in Korean? Like, no. And then he goes like, oh, explains why I think Korean's like so monotone, right? Because we don't have like intonations or inflections in the same way that Chinese does. Or like, we don't have like fourth intonation, right? It's just like, because it's phonetic. Um, so really interesting. Um, second, like, it's interesting. I've actually seen puns more as a facet of the Korean American community than I have while in Korea or like the oh really or my my experiences in Korea including with my friends in Korea like have never been like full of puns there's like really occasional puns but like not mm -hmm. a lot and we don't really associate anything 
I haven't associated my Korean with pun, like Korean puns with intelligence before. Um, mm. It's sort of been like a Korean American thing, right? Because I think like Konglish and puns like work really well together. Versus oh, okay. Korean, it's much, much rarer. Um, that being said, like, um, you know, like the political, I just think like the consciousness of BTS speaks to a lot of emotional intelligence, but then like the mm. political activism side of BTS as well has spoken to like, a lot of like political, like what we generally think of book smart intelligence, but mm-hmm. then like combine them with like the fact like their activism is like pretty radical when they're like at the UN for like women's rights, abortion rights and gay rights and like a highly conservative society. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of level of intelligence there that like people don't give them credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that frankly like K-pop's at fault for, right? Cause like K-pop sort of like, tones down the individual intelligence of these members um, to sort of present it to be palatable to um, society at, at mm-hmm. large. But BTS doesn't really follow that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. I think it's been a while, so we should probably end this podcast. But in conclusion, what is your favorite thing about Jin? <laughs> that's, that's such an unfair question. Um, top three, top three. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a combination of Jin's personality. Mm-hmm. Um, when you take it in context, is actually the sweetest, most considerate, and most emotionally intelligent personality. I think mm-hmm. like that people don't realize is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't. And even though he gets criticized as arrogant, and he can like easily clear this up, he doesn't. Right? Like this, mm-hmm. he re- he's emotionally intelligent enough and secure enough to know that this isn't his labor or duty as long as those who are close to him know who he is. I think that's like really attractive in a human being. Um, that and his shoulders. Mm. Those are good. Those are good things. I think for me, it, it, it's just kindness. Like he's mm-hmm. just, I just find him very kind. And I, right. as someone who is not always very kind, I, I, I really envy that. I think that he's just, his kindness comes from security. You know what I mean? And I feel like, that's that's very um, he just he he just doesn't give a fuck about other what other people think right like um, which is actually very similar to how Sugar and RM are except his comes out very like soft if that makes sense right. and and I would have to say I just really like the whole package of his aesthetic yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And his aesthetic is my favorite too, right? So there. Is it really? Well, yeah, because he's very boyfriend. Like his look, it's just like a normal dude, but just really, really, really good looking. Like, right. And rich, maybe. Is that problematic? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, that's probably, a, that's probably problematic in some way. But you know what? Like, Why? <laughs> Why is it problematic? You just oh, just like, like, just, like, just liking the class. I think there's just like a lot of, like, a lot of, sort of self-reflection I have to do when like someone's like oh you really like the classic like handsome boyfriend look right I'm just like ooh yeah there's like probably a lot there to unpack um but let me unpack it when I stop being attracted to Jin <laughs> let me unpack it when he's packing me like yeah exactly <laughs> actually, actually actually though I think this is like yes I like I'm queer I'm a POC let me just enjoy this for a moment before I deconstruct it yeah. <laughs> and 
on that note, please like and subscribe. Uh, hit the notification bell if you're watching it on YouTube and download us and subscribe. I don't, I don't even know how to say it on the like, podcast channel thing. So yeah, do that. Download, maybe, download, subscribe, share, like, email, or tweet about us. Virginia's yes. a great podcaster, politically relevant with really great pop culture subjects thrown in between. <laughs> thank right. you so much. Big fan. Yay, thank you. All right.